Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is a show that discusses all things related to the Bible in a fun way. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead the Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk. Hey, if you like this episode, we'd like you to share it with others. You can do so on our iTunes podcast or tell people about KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. All right, let's get started with something fun. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so before we have our fun question, I have to shout out to one of our listeners. We have a new listener, Josh. I just found out. I haven't even told you. I've been saving it for this podcast to surprise you. A new listener. Okay, she just sent me a message. Her name is Tasha. Hey, Tasha. She just discovered our podcast. She listened to the one. She started with the one on parenting. Oh, okay. But cool. she said she had so much fun and enjoyed it so much that she immediately went back and downloaded all of them. Uh-oh. Now, she's not listened to all of them yet. Yeah. But she's working on it. Yeah. But Tasha, she what's your through. problem? Let's get so. through these things. Come on. <laughs> so, Let's Tasha, have some goals. thanks for listening. And thanks to the rest of you out there in Podcasterville. Yeah, we're glad we're that so you're glad listening. We're so glad you joined and us. Look, you've got a lot of podcasts to listen to. None of them nearly as good as this podcast. But... We know that you have many choices when you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Thank you for choosing today to fly with Josh and Heather. So this is episode number 28. 28. And we like to start with a little fun, so let's do it. Yes. All right. This one's good because we're talking about marriage. Yeah. And so the fun question is about household chores. Uh Uh-oh. Which chore do you enjoy and which chore do you despise? Uh, which chore do I enjoy and which chore do I despise? I'm I'm really trying to rack my brain for a chore that I enjoy. Oh, I know. Making dinner. I enjoy making dinner. You're good at that, too. I am good at it. I'm a great cook. Um, and I enjoy making dinner for the family. Um, so that would be the one I enjoy. I despise cleaning up after dinner. <laughs> the dishes. Right. And so I make my children do that. Hmm, that's yeah. interesting. Yep. What about you? Uh, I'm trying to think of one that I really, really enjoy. I've always, I used to, in Alabama, I love dusting, but I hate it out here. It's not my worst chore out here. It's because it doesn't out last out here. Right. Out here, it'll be dusty the next day, but um, it seemed to last more in Alabama, but it's, I still don't mind doing it out here. Right. Um. So I'm going to say, I mean, there's chores that I enjoy doing once I see the result, like making the bed. Like, there's a beautiful result. feels like you got something really done. I actually don't mind washing dishes most of the time, unless we're too tired. But if I'm in my normal mood and, you know, energy level, I don't mind washing dishes. Putting them in the dishwasher, hand washing, drying. It's a fun thing. Yeah. But the worst chore, I'm ready for that. I hate, hate so much ironing. Oh, my word. Ironing is the worst. You know what? You are not kidding, man. I'm telling you. Oh. I don't like ironing as well. Uh, but I have to have my shirts ironed. So a couple years ago, I started taking them to the dry cleaner, and I kind of used that <laughs> yes. as a uh, a, a uh, splurge in my life now. It's uh, a splurge so. in my life. Right. I have to iron those shirts. And I constantly and tell myself, I'm saving myself money on starch. Those who know, you've probably seen my kids <laughs> in wrinkled clothing, so you could probably could have guessed that I hate ironing. Correct. I'm a big, big believer in the the fluff. Fluff it up in the dryer. Yeah. Put a wet cloth in and let that thing go. You know what I got to tell you is not a chore? What? Marriage. Ooh. <laughs> Do you see what I just did there? That was a beautiful transition. It's a my segue. Hubby. And by the time I get to episode 28, 
I've segued, but now it's not a great segue if you would if you admit it was a segue. I just spent 20 seconds explaining my segue, which means it's not good. And Crystal is shaking her head. That's correct, Josh. You're still talking about segues. <laughs> <laughs> All okay, right. but marriage. We're going to talk marriage, about marriage part yes. two. We're going to do some Q&A, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. The last one that we did on marriage was mm-hmm. back on episode number 21. And so, look, if you did not listen to that one immediately after this, this is not cumulative. You understand? You don't have to listen to that one before this one. However, Im- as immediately after you're done with this one, go back <laughs> and listen to that one. Stop cooking dinner. Sit down. Stop vacuuming. Sit down and listen to You know, the beauty of a podcast is you can 21. listen Wow, you wash dishes. Oh, that's Maybe true. Maybe not while you're vacuuming. All you have to do is put in your earbuds. Yeah. Earbuds. Yeah. I keep calling them earbuds. They're not earbuds. Airbud was a dog who could play basketball. <laughs> they're called like something else. No, ear earbuds. Earpods. Aren't earpods. they earbuds? No, they're not earbuds. They're earbuds, not air buds. They're earbuds. Earpods. Airpods. Oh, that's the new ones that you fancy. Do you remember that folk. dog who could play basketball? I never watched that movie. I don't end football. I don't think it actually could. I, th- I think it was trick photography. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, I would have to do some research. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So the first question for you, question Josh. Question number one. Is what are some great examples of marriages that you've seen up close and personal that you aspire to? Hmm. And in what way? You know, we ask this in premarital counseling. Hmm. We say, what was a good marriage or an aspect of a good marriage that you saw that you want to have in your marriage. So what is some marriages that have encouraged you? Well, I'll give the first one, and it would be obvious to our listeners or those who know me. It would be my mother and father. They had a very good marriage. Um, I say it had as if either they're dead or divorced. <laughs> they're, they're neither, <laughs> but they had a very good marriage. Uh, but growing up is when I was watching their marriage, and I would say the things about that that I admired and I've tried to take is my father was very patient with my mother, my mother can be very um, excitable and eccentric, <laughs> and nobody listening to this would deny that. <laughs> That's what makes her who she is. She's excitable and eccentric, and I've noticed that my father's patient, loving, and kind. And uh, I'm not those things naturally. So if I if, if I ever become patient, loving, and kind, it's because of the Holy Spirit um, working in my life and because I've watched my father do that with my mother. My mother, on the other hand, was so very... Um, uh, uh, overly abundant in her praise. Mm. She was a very praising, she praised father constantly. Your dad father. is the best. Your father is the greatest. He's the, I don't understand uh, why people don't like him <laughs> if he ever got into trouble or uh, or somebody d- had a problem with him at church because your father is amazing. And uh, so she was praiseworthy with my father and uh, I always always admired that and I think they had a great marriage probably because because of both of those um, those uh, aspects mm. what about you any others that you have or is that your only one you can name more than one well I mean I named that one okay I so, mean I can name others if you want me to but after you go ahead. okay um, first on my list is Duchess Kate and Prince William oh, so <laughs> somebody please just turn off I the just podcast. Had to say it, L- men. I had if you're to listening it. to this, just fast forward for the next because three I minutes. I admire at least. so much their their love and her fashion sense. I don't know I when you're listening to this. I don't know when you're listening to this. And and hear me. I know that our our, our producer Crystal is going to hate that I'm going to date this episode. But this Saturday, when we're recording this, is uh, is what, what's uh, what's the uh, what's the Harry guy's name? Oh. Harry. Harry. Uh, <laughs> Prince y- Harry. The dude The dude with the red hair. 
and uh, and the American he's marrying. And by the way, best decision that royal family ever made was Meghan Markle. Get more Americans in there. I disagree. Uh, anyway. She does not have the class nor the style of Duchess Kate. <sighs> I've got posters in our room of these <laughs> of, of these women, which clearly I did not put I will up. say, I watched the wedding on TV of Duchess Kate. Yeah. I am not planning to watch Markle march herself down the aisle. Why, why don't you like Meghan Markle? She is... It's she's not an American to me. She's an American. I, she's not the classy woman that Kate and is. And Harry's right now. a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up for that. That was so much fun. You're welcome. Okay, so seriously. Wait, is um, that a different Harry? I know there's a British Harry that's a wizard. All Harrys are wizards. Every British. <laughs> every Harry, every little Harry boy in England <laughs> is a wizard. Well, I'll tell you who's not a Harry boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. Kate won't be William my friend when she listens to this. Is as bald. She'll be, I wanted to be your friend, Heather. As a but cue your ball. husband's so mean to my husband. What happened to that man? <sighs> the stress of the monarchy. It's not it's hard being oh, royal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's been so, a tough job. Okay, for real. <laughs> I have um, <laughs> ever since King George. This has been really <laughs> difficult. The last hard thing they ever dealt with was uh, was the colonies. And uh, that happened over 200 years ago, and they need to get over it. You don't know what it's like. Ever since then, we've come in and taken care of business. (laughs) You're welcome, Great Britain from America. America! I do not condone these sentiments. (laughs) Okay, for real, my three real couples are, okay? First one is... Three? um, Is this the whole podcast? No, I'm going to be brief. Yeah. Okay, so my parents is one, of course. Okay. I think... There were two aspects of their marriage that I really, really admired. It's one that is just their commitment to God. Through the good times and the bad. Yeah, and er, to one another and to God. That's yeah. those two things. But the commitment to one another, I think um, some of that was just the day and age they lived, but there was just the expectations were low. Now, they had a good marriage. They laughed and watched spent time together. Yeah. But the idea was like not expecting so much from the other person. Mm. The expectation was to give, and I saw them give to one another. Now, that's and true. And just be committed to one another. The other aspect was they were both committed to God before they were committed to one another. Yeah, yeah. And that's a key ingredient to marriage that I mm. saw with them. Um, the other one is Ma and Pa Ingalls. Wait, and hold on. <laughs> Are you talking about the fictional couple? I'm talking about Michael Landon and Karen Grassle. <laughs> those people, okay, again, those people were not married. But their marriage on TV, their fake marriage on TV inspires me. <laughs> In my real marriage. So for those I who watch. aren't familiar, that she's talking about a television show from the 1970s or 80s called Little House on the Prairie. Yes. And there's a fictional couple on there. Well, they're based on a real couple. That lived 150 years ago that we know very little about. And their marriage inspires you. Yeah. <laughs> there's books. And we've got documentation. Oh, my word. But no, okay, I really I'm sorry. Do Go love, ahead. I love... Um, how they partner together. I love how they speak truth to one another. Yes. And, you know, I just, especially Carolyn, she's my, my role model mother and wife. Yeah. She just always is so calm and even-tempered and has the right things to say, you know, when they need to be said. Yeah. That she is wisdom personified. She's a modern-day Solomon. That's Solomon? the girl version of Solomon. There's not a girl version of Solomon. Now you're Sol- making up Solomonessa. She's a Solomonessa. There is, there is a Solomonessa. No, that's not true. <laughs> so, and my last one is really, I've seen this embodied. You and I have talked about this. I'm not going to name a specific couple, but there's been many that we have watched. And one of the things that we've admired is that they, they travel together 
and have fun together. Who's that? And even as they get older, no, I'm saying there's not one specific oh. couple. There's several there's a bunch that we've seen that just they enjoy life, especially during the golden years together. Yeah. They just, they look at it not as a time where the children have left and they're sad, but as a time to enjoy life and have adventures together. Yeah. And I see so many couples doing that, and that is one of my my couple well, marriage goals. You know, they like, inspire me. Like Tom and Nellie Joe. Um, do you know Tom and Nellie Joe Rayner? They're incredible. They do the exact same thing. They travel together. They speak together. Uh, they're they're incredible. For those who haven't read Tom Rayner's books, you've got to get them. But that mm-hmm. that's the type of couple you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So those really inspire me. Now, by I the way, mind, by the way, oh. I looked up a picture while we're talking of Charles and uh, Carolyn Ingalls, the real ones. Can I tell I you? I know what they look like. They look like Michael Landon. No, they do not. They look like people that spent their life in the Missouri sand trying to plant stuff. They do not well, look like Hollywood people. Well, they had a committed marriage, too. So. And they're ugly. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. <laughs> what is going on with that beard? Okay. So wow. do you have any other couples that And he's got you? one, too. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. I'm just kidding. Okay. No, like, I. well, sure, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel like now that you mentioned it, Charles and Caroline Ingalls, I kind of admire okay. them too. <laughs> All right. Because if I could keep a woman and have a beard like that, dude, wow. Okay. Well, this next one kind of follows up on that. It says, what are some things, maybe they're commitments that you've made personally in your marriage that yeah. have made your marriage stronger? Commitments I've made in my marriage that have made my marriage stronger. Why don't you begin? I will because I've had more time to think about this than you. And there's one that we made together when we were dating. I remember when we were engaged, we talked about this. We made a pact together to never say the D word. Uh, We said we would never, no matter how angry we were, were, um, we would never throw out the word divorce. Oh, I was thinking of another D word. (laughs) Or anything related to it. I was thinking of Dinklage. Dinklage, yeah. like Peter, like is yes. that his name? I don't know. There's an actor, the Angry Elf. He was on, uh, yeah, yeah. He was on. Um, what was he on? He was just on the Avengers movie, and yeah. he also played. In he was an elf. Angry Elf on Elf. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he really was an Elf. He was. Then a he played on another show, which we will not watch or mention. We'll give it no screen time here. Well, I'm not talking about Dinklage. I okay. am talking about divorce. Yeah. And so it's a word that we agreed we would never right, we even said, throw out there because it's not an option for us. Look, and we didn't want to. We we know that couples will fight. We it. watched our parents fight. Um, we we've seen all. So our parents never used the word divorce. Right. But, mine didn't. But we knew. I don't that, know what went on in that Thai household. <laughs> we knew that fighting <laughs> would take place. All right. So we were not. Um, we we knew that. So if we're going to fight, there just have to be rules for the fight. Uh, and certain rules are there's no physical uh, attacks. There's no physical abuse. Um, there's certain words we won't say, such as divorce. No matter how bad it gets, we're not going to use the word divorce because there's no escape hatch here. We're together on this thing, and that's where it's going to go. And so in, uh, and the reason that's important is because so often couples will get into a fight, and they'll, 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 let it, they'll take it from a 3 to a 10 by saying, well, maybe we just shouldn't be together. And yeah. they'll insinuate divorce or they'll outright say divorce. And all of a sudden, where the one person was not even thinking that it was going to go that far, you throw it out there and suddenly that's where it is. And uh, I and believe that's this is a that's huge decision. A weakness in our society today is that there's not that commitment to marriage. It permeates our society so much that 
while I was watching Little House on the Prairie the other day, this caught my attention and it even seeped into one of our kids' lives. I'm watching it. I'm on the treadmill and watching it. My daughters are sitting there and one of our girls, uh, we're watching the Olsons. If you've not watched Little House on the Prairie, you talk about a henpecked husband. Mm. His name is Nels Olson. They run the mercantile. And Mrs. Olson is just that woman that you don't want to be around. Oh, my word. Whew, yes. And so I, it caught me off guard because we're watching them go through one of their little episodes, and she's just being so hateful. And one of my daughters just innocently and in frustration, she's just said, oh, why doesn't he just divorce her and get another wife who's nice? <laughs> and it just it made me laugh a little bit. And then, of course, we had to stop. I stopped the treadmill. We paused the show. And we just, you know, I didn't get onto her. But we talked about it because, obviously, she's surrounded and right. lives in a world where— That's the answer. That's the answer. The you don't like the person. Mean, Divorce them. Yeah, divorce them. That's what you do. And the answer and, is no. They're, Christians right. view this differently. We view, and, and the rest of the world can view anything they want, the way they mm -hmm. want. But Christians have a different worldview on marriage, and that is we don't discuss divorce, or that is we don't approach divorce. We are committed to one another. Right. And how this plays out in your marriage, how this is played out in ours, is that um, it makes you change your marriage relationship for the better. Right. For example, I can remember a time where I was very frustrated with something in our marriage and it made me so upset. I mean, it was a really big deal to me. And I remember <laughs> I was alone in the car and I remember kind of praying with the Lord about it, thinking about it. And I came to the conclusion that I had a couple of options. I, divorce wasn't an option. Right. So because I couldn't leave you over this and wouldn't leave you because I committed to God and you is the fact that I could Number one, I could just stay in this marriage and, and make stick me it out. miserable. <laughs> That's it. I could stay there and just for the children, for Jesus, suffer it out and be miserable. So that was one option. Right. My only other option was to stay in the marriage and make it better. Right. To really pursue it in prayer, to change my heart, to ask God to show me what I could do to make that situation better, to how I could address Sometimes even in difficult conversations, that's part of marriage, learning to communicate about hard things, how we could do that. And I praise God because I didn't have the option of divorce. I stuck it out. You stuck it out. And God did wonderful things through that situation and restored the joy in that little aspect of our marriage and um, did more things for the testimony of God and for our children. So many blessings that come with that. So I Love would it. say for me. That's my answer, is that one of the things, the commitment that we made was to never, ever say the word divorce or even insinuate, well, why don't you just leave or something like that? We don't even want to put that in, out there in each other's heads because it's not an option. Right. I would say the one of the commitments I've made is to learn to drop it. So sometimes, you know what I mean by that, is sometimes yep. I like to continue down the path um, that we've already discussed something. It's called beating a dead rug, right? Uh, we've already discussed it. Let's keep talking about it and let's keep... Uh, discussing it at nauseum. And sometimes I just need to drop it. Either right now is not the right time, she's not ready to hear me, um, I feel like I still need to make my point and I continue to go on, and sometimes I need to just drop it. So there are many times that I fail at this, but there are many times I'll succeed, and I'll stop and I'll say, you know what, it doesn't matter, never mind. And by the way, if you are the stronger communicator in marriage, which I would say, I'll give you props, you're the better communicator in our marriage. You're the one that's taught me and helped me grow in communication, which has affected all areas of my life, communicating with others. But if you are listening to this and you are the stronger um, partner in marriage and communication, then this is something you probably need to take to heart and you probably need to hear. Because um, there are lots of times it's been said, and the more he says it, the more it makes me feel like a child, 
that doesn't understand or the more it seems as debating or domineering, I'm going to make you and control you in this. And it's not a partnership. It's not a conversation at that point. Right. It becomes not even a debate. It becomes a just what you said, being a dead horse, I guess. Yeah. Exhausting. Yes. For everyone. Yeah. So that is a great truth. Um, okay. Next. Next. What do you do about irritating habits in marriage? How do you handle those irritating things that come up in marriage? Uh, well, I directly address it by saying, <laughs> stop doing that irritating thing. It's driving me nuts. This is funny. Um, this came up with one of our, our staff members who's single, who's about to get married. I was talking to her about this podcast and said, what would you ask? She said, well, people keep telling us all the time that you need to forgive daily and like constantly just quickly forgive. And she's like, I've been trying to think like, what are we going to be forgiving? I think it scared her a little <laughs> bit. Like they're going to be having constant big ball out fights. I said, oh, I can tell you. Yikes. And this is what it's talking about. It's those irritating habits. I explained this concept to her. In counseling, we say there's two things. One, right. love confronts. Right. And then sometimes the love second one, overlooks. love covers. Right. It just says, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. When, this idea of love covering. So we'll do with both. Love covering. Yeah, there are things that are going to irritate you every day mm -hmm. um, that would not be in my life. I'll say, I'll talk about me. There are things in my life every day that would irritate me that I have in my life every day because you are there um, and would <laughs> not you, be there if, uh, if, if, uh, if you did not live there. So if I lived right. alone, um, I would not have the hair that I have, uh, <laughs> you know, on the, on the countersink, right? Long black hairs or red hairs or, or, or blonde hairs, depending on what mood you're in. Um, I, I would not have those. And those drive me nuts. They really do. They bother me. But I, I never talk about it. Why? Because I think, okay, um, the hair is there. But if the hair wasn't there, she wouldn't be here. Mm. And so I'd much rather have her than this problem. So I, uh, I ignore it or I clean it up or I deal with it. And why? Because I realized, look, that's, that's, that's not going to change. That's, the Bible yeah. says where the, um, where the crib is clean, there is no oxen. This is starting to feel kind of insulting. Why? Because I'm referring to you as an you oxen? You just called me your old battle ox. Battle yeah. axe? Battle axe? I'm, I'm, <laughs> thankful, I'm thankful to have a barn with a heifer. Oh, come <laughs> on. What? It's, oh, what? it's the you're Bible. You're sorry heifer, Josh Tice. It's the Bible. <laughs> the Bible says, look, the idea is, <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a nice clean barn if you don't have any animals. And there are little things that are going to bother you. But the reality is, if those things were not there, that person mm -hmm. would not be there. So it's easy to overlook those things and say, you know what? I'm going to cover that. It's not a big deal, not a big deal, not a big deal, because I'd rather have them there. We talk about star fishing. Explain what star fishing is. Wait, first, I have to address one thing. Go ahead. Because you said it. If you're looking for a great Christian curse word, you sorry heifer. That's yeah. the one my dad would use when he would fix things and get frustrated. You sorry heifer. And that's that's my favorite thing when I'm fixing things. I'll throw it down. I would disagree. There are a lot of better so, ones out there. So but if you need one. Okay, okay. star fishing. Star fishing. So this is something funny that we do. We've talked about. I don't know how this plays into love covering. Oh, because they're not there. Right. The idea is. That is sounds like a good thing because they're not there, though. Right. Well, star fishing. Here's what star fishing is. So <laughs> some people like to cuddle in bed. Josh and I love to cuddle, but not no. when we're going to sleep. No. Get away from me. 
We I need want as space. much space as possible. Do not touch But it's me. funny because you don't like for me not to be there. Right. Like he has trouble falling asleep but when I'm not in the bed But the reality is when it comes to, to starfishing is that whenever she's traveling or I'm traveling, you got the whole bed to yourself. You can starfish. You spread out like a starfish. You spread Throw out. Throw arms so and legs nice. out and enjoy the space. Right. So how does this play into love covers? I have no idea. But not only does love cover, love also confronts. That is, mm. if you're going to be in that marriage relationship, you need to be able to confront things that actually matter. So if there is something that's going to be detrimental to the children or detrimental mm-hmm. to your finances or detrimental to the yeah. future or defer- – oh, oh, family, finances, future. Whatever your detrimental – whatever might be hurtful to you and your relationship, you have to confront that. And there are women that are afraid to confront their husbands because they're domineering or men that are afraid to confront their wives because they're domineering. And the reality is if you love them, you'll confront them. You'll not only cover in m- love small things. And with the desire for what's best for them. That's, right. that's your heart. You'll approach them and you'll say, we selfish need to talk about this. Now, let me just briefly state because we don't have a lot of time. If you're in a situation where you cannot confront them alone because you're afraid either they will not listen or, it be, or, or they will uh, ignore you, then you need to bring in a ministerial third party to help you confront in that scenario. Uh, if you have to go now that it's direction. it's always better, as long as you're safe, to do it alone if you can, so you don't bring in more drama. I'm talking and more about shame. if you're afraid of physical yes. abuse. I'm talking about if clear. you're afraid of, of something like that. Mm-hmm. And try to confront, uh, try to confront uh, the situation. But you don't allow yourself or them to live in a continual state where everything is going to be destroyed if they continued in that bad habit. So confront mm-hmm. your husband. Oh, so, but I but I have to submit. No, right. no, you have to submit to God. And one of the yes, things that submit God submit to the higher authority. Yeah, the one the, one of the things that God has called you to do is be a help meet to him. And so that means mm-hmm. you need to confront him on something that is a detriment to your future family or finances. But when it comes to the day-to-day grievances, the things that are the the sins of you know, they were inconsiderate right. or they left their socks on the ground or whatever. I don't right. even think you do that. But I use all the time in premarital counseling as an illustration is you just you can get angry about it or you could just simply say, you know, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. And love is going to cover this multitude of sins. I'm just going to do this in, in thankfulness for them, like you said, because yeah. you've given me them. This is a way I can serve them as you've served me. And I'm just doing it for you, Lord. There it is. OK, so here's the last question for today, Josh. This is what advice would you have for single people? Ah, uh, for single people. Why don't you begin? Okay. The first thing I would say, and this is the main thing, is realize that this is a special opportunity. Look at it as a season of life. Um, my brother, if he's listening, Chris, I know you're laughing at this because you think that's a funny term. But for me, and probably for others out there, season of life has helped me so much. Is that too often we look at a place we're in and we get frustrated with it because this is what is not supposed to be. It's not what we thought. It's not what we thought God had planned for us. But we don't realize that maybe it is just for an appointed time. It is a season and it's going to change. The children will be out of diapers or you will have opportunity to do that thing that God called you to. But right now, this is a season you're in and to try to enjoy it. Quit wishing for spring. Enjoy the beauty of winter. Well, so or enjoy what the benefits of summer. So during singleness, what are some benefits? Well, one, one of the things that we're told is the idea of the gift of singleness. And every single person I've ever met said, oh, I hope I don't have the gift of singleness. <laughs> and it's because we misunderstand yes. what the gift of singleness is. Paul was not saying that certain people are gifted with celibacy and singleness. What he's saying is that singleness mm-hmm. itself is a gift. Yes. That it may be a temporary gift, but nonetheless, it is a gift. And to view mm-hmm. it as a gift from God during this specific time. It may not be a gift you always have. It might be a gift that you trade in for another gift called marriage. Mm-hmm. But but to view 
your singleness in that way absolutely i think has is is an incredible opportunity and one that i would give advice uh to a single person yeah instead of being upset about it, use those opportunities. There's so many things and advantages you can use, just like there are advantages to be married. There are advantages and opportunities that God will allow you to do um, and pursue, passions that you can pursue fully during this time. So take advantage of it. The second thing that I would say, this is the one that comes to mind a lot, is don't settle. You know, so often we want something so badly that we're willing to just take whatever, you know? It's like when you're really hungry for this wonderful, wonderful meal, and you've been looking forward to date night. We've had this, where we're trying right. to save up and not eat so we can really enjoy a special dinner at Maggiano's, which is the best. But then what happens? Sometimes you get just so hungry, and then you walk by, you know, the Slurpee machine or whatever, or, you know, a, a candy bar as you're checking out the grocery store, and you just, like, fine, I'll just take this. And, and you almost, um, not a perfect example there, but you almost settle and ruin Um the better thing that's coming. So I would say don't settle. I mean, I think about for ladies. Um, this is, in a sense, we don't have time to talk about what submission means. It's not being a doormat. It's, it's being a strong voice. But it's allowing God to work through your husband and trusting God, not man, is yeah. what submission is. But it's allowing him to make the final call in certain situations where there's a disagreement where you don't come to terms. And you have to realize when you are getting married, you are giving up, in a sense, a lot your of right. Yeah. To make those decisions. Well, for both your men, life. most both men and women are giving up quite yes. a bit on that. They're giving up oh, their autonomy, good. and uh, what they're doing is they're bringing an equal partner to mm -hmm. say, "This is who you will be and what you will be now." Yeah. Now I'll say that the other thing I would say then to single people that might be afraid of that. Well, I don't want that, and the answer is it still can be an incredible blessing. Yes. That's why you have to seek the will of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And whether the will of the Lord is during this time to enjoy the gift of singleness, or the will of the Lord is for you to move beyond that and and get married, whatever God's will for you is, yes. God will bless in the midst of it. I would also say something uh, a pastor friend of ours used to say quite a bit, and that is don't look for the right one, be the right mm. one, and God will send the right one. Yeah. And I like that statement. I like the idea of don't spend your whole time focused on looking for that right person at the right time. Instead, be the person God wants you to be, and then if in God's timing, if God's wills, he'll send the right one. And, uh, and, and life becomes so much more joyful. And as you consider, could I, could I do this with this person? Could I give up my autonomy for them? Is it worth it? I think that's not really the question. It's something to consider. But the ultimate question should be this. The purpose, the reason we should get married is actually the verse that we used for our wedding. Right. Um, it's Psalm 34.3. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Your purpose in life, listener, is to glorify God. Right. To make him bigger in the eyes of those around you so they can see him greater. And if you can marry someone else and partner with someone else in life and make God even bigger together than you could by yourself, bigger in the eyes of others, then you should marry that person. And the other reason you should marry them is because they're hot. <laughs> yes. Don't marry someone that you are not attracted to. <laughs> that could get awkward. Yes, very much. Like, And now you may kiss the bride and you're like, you know, no, we'll pass. That's embarrassing for everyone. You understand? So that's what I would say. Heather, <laughs> All let's right. close us out. Okay, so we hope that you've enjoyed and been encouraged by this episode of the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. Oh, Heather. 
we have another rating and review on our iTunes podcast. No, we don't. Yes, we do. In <laughs> fact, you can go to iTunes right now. You can rate us five stars, and you can give us a review. And if you do so, we'll read it online or, or on air as well. Fadiddle says, just to be clear, I'm a 21-year-old male who is a minister of the gospel. I love this podcast because you two exemplify what it is to talk about the Bible in a passionate and charismatic way. I listen to this podcast before I go to work and while I'm at work and possibly after I get out of work. <laughs> Keep up the energy, and I ask that I ask that if it's possible that you guys would put uh, out more episodes. <laughs> Thanks, more episodes. Yes, because once a week is not enough. No, our goal. Oh, that is really that uh, is like that, praise. I'm sorry, it really is praise. It's just we're so tired. We need to go home and get a nap. <laughs> um, no, here's Fadiddle, yeah, That is yeah. so nice of you to say. Really, like that's awesome. Our goal is about forty to forty-five episodes a year. That's mm. that's really. We'd be very thrilled if we can get and that kind of content out. I love your enthusiasm. Please share with us some things on our Facebook page. Oh, that would Bible help. talks with Josh and Heather that you would like us to discuss. Maybe there's areas or questions, whether it's about marriage or Bible. Would you rather? Kind of give us some direction and some of those. But I'm you'd telling like to you, hear. you can do that. Please put it on our our Facebook page. The Bible talk with Josh and Heather say talk about this, and we will because that's one of our issues is coming up with content other than going through the Bible doctrines. We like uh, we like other content, so help us out with that. So thanks for listening today. We're so glad you joined us. On our next Bible Talks, we're going to be um, finishing our part two. Not really finishing, but we're hitting part two of the study of the Holy Spirit yeah, and how he is involved with the believer's life today. Hey, and we remember when it comes to whether you're talking about the Holy Spirit or we're talking about marriage or singlehood, when the Bible talks. We better listen.